our last episode, we briefly mentioned the book On the Road. Published in 1957, Jack Kerouac's novel helped define a generation of post-World War II Americans, Americans who were exploring the land they fought to protect. Like their generation, today's millennials are defined by circumstances out of their control, circumstances that affect the way they live, work, and travel. Hi, I'm Alex Walensky, and you're listening to Go, a podcast about travel, places, and adventure. This episode is sponsored by Local Beyond. Local Beyond, think outside the cubicle. On today's episode, we're going to talk to a few people to discuss how things have changed for today's millennials. If you're in your mid-20s at this point or early 30s, you've seen enough economic recession to be fearful, to be scared. That's travel writer and photographer Parker Hilton. He writes a lot of interesting articles about life as a millennial. I spoke to him to learn more about how this generation is doing things differently. Just living through 2007, 2008, we saw our parents lose money. We saw people lose their jobs. We saw things get really scary overnight. 2008 saw the worst economic recession since the 1930s. Breaking news here. Stocks all around the world are tanking because of the crisis on Wall Street. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement, and I don't blame them. And that means life, as most Americans know it, is about to change, in some cases dramatically. People lost a lot of money when the value of their homes and pension funds plummeted. And because of that, I'm not about to work my ass off for a paycheck and then put that into a market where I know it could disappear. This perception of the market has changed the work habits of a lot of millennials. They're basically not following in their parents' footsteps. Growing up, I mean, my dad was always working. As much as I envy the drive to do that, I don't want that. And that's a very millennial thing for me to say that I don't want to work that much. But I mean, my dad literally worked until the week he died. I think that just sort of scared me out of living that life. My father also worked until the week he passed away. I remember when I was a kid, he used to take me to work and told me to get a good education so that I wouldn't have to work as hard as he did. But even with a college degree, a lot of millennials aren't better off than their parents, and many are in debt. And the majority of that debt is either student loans or mortgages. From 1994 to 2014, the average cost of a home went up 46%. But wages only went up 7% during that same time. Meanwhile, tuition and fees at public universities went up almost 300%. And that's changing how millennials are spending their money. Our parents had excess wealth. There was disposable income. So we kind of want that as well. And uh, buying a house is not a way to get it, I think. (laughs) Not owning a home isn't all that bad. It can have its benefits, like having greater freedom to travel or to move to a new city kind of like what Hilton did when he moved from New Jersey to Montana. Yeah, yeah. I went there to study photography and ended up kind of getting sucked into Montana life. I very easily could have spent the rest of my life there, but I got the vibe I would have been too comfortable. Hilton moved again, this time for a job in a bigger city where the cost of living was very different. I left Montana to go to work in New York. The price difference from Bozeman, Montana to Brooklyn was earth shattering. Because you go from Montana when it's $200 a month to live in a really nice apartment with a bunch of your friends, you go to Brooklyn where you're spending $1,000 a month for a closet. 
I briefly lived in the San Francisco Bay Area and found myself paying way more than I wanted to for a really, really small studio apartment. I met a lot of really good people there, but took the first opportunity to leave. Hilton's experience was similar. That was eye-opening, and I really enjoyed working in New York. I, I met some great connections. I had a great time, but yeah, one of my buddies offered me a job in Hawaii. That was actually when I moved out to Hawaii, and uh, I was living out of a van at that time, actually. Van life, or van dwelling, is basically the act of living and traveling in a van. It first became a thing in the 1960s, but lately it's been getting a lot more popular. Vice News recently wrote an article titled, Living Out of a Van is the New American Dream. There's this big van culture shift and like a lot of millennials are just like bailing on the nine to five and like living remotely and doing things a little differently. With a lot more people able to work remotely today, sometimes all it takes to live this lifestyle is a van and access to the internet. Our generation is kind of utilizing it. We're starting to to see the potential of that. And not just with van dwelling, but with things like living overseas as an expat. You can live in Chiang Mai, Thailand, like a lot of people do, and live a very comfortable life for much less money. Or you can move to an affordable city where the cost of living is a lot cheaper. You can buy a house in Boise, Idaho or Bozeman, Montana for a whole lot cheaper than you could for downtown LA or uh, lower Manhattan. Another trend millennials are embracing is the gig economy. It's an economy based on temporary or freelance jobs. Now, the work isn't as consistent, but it's become more common since it provides a lot more time for freedom and travel, like what Hilton does, for example, who writes and does photography. All summer, we shoot weddings, international, national uh, destination weddings or otherwise, um, based out of New Jersey. But then once winter comes around, we're traveling and and. Uh, photographing. But living this lifestyle does require some sacrifices. I think millennials as a group delay rites of passages. They might own homes later. They might marry later. That's John Kelly, etymologist and writer at mashedradish.com. Since we've been talking a lot about millennials, I thought it would be important to get a better understanding of that word. Millennial means two things now. Millennial means a person born early 80s through the mid 90s, early 2000s. And millennial also means a set of attitudes, a lifestyle. As an etymologist, Kelly studies the origin of words and how they've changed throughout history. So around 1626, it first appears in English. There's this term, millenarian. And this is an adjective that refers to a belief that in the future, the second coming of Christ is going to usher in this 1,000-year period of peace. Now, the word has certainly changed over the last few hundred years, but it didn't become popular until recent history. In the 70s, 80s, even 90s, millennial refers to the year 2000 as this transformative moment in culture, and it comes with a sense of dread or something big's going to happen. The Y2K stuff. If you don't remember Y2K, it was basically a fear that the year 2000 would create major problems with computer systems. Supposedly, computers only used two digits to tell the year, so 99 meant the year 1999. But would computers read the digits 00 as 1900 or 2000? That uncertainty led to what was called Y2K. We now know it really wasn't a problem. And they've changed computer systems to now require four digits to tell the year, so it won't be a problem again until the year 10,000. Anyway, Let's go back to etymology. 1987 through 1991, there's these two authors, Strauss and Howe, I believe their names are. They write this book. That's William Strauss and Neil Howe. Called Generations. 
and they are credited with the first use of the term millennial. This group of kids was defined by the fact that their parents were very overprotective and they saw that as a very defining feature. By the 2010s, millennials became the preferred term for this generation. It beat out the term Generation Y. Today, the term seems to have warped into a totally different meaning. Some use it as a way to mock or dismiss the generation's lifestyle and choices. The yeah. term itself has become quite diluted. You know, in 2017, millennial is a, it's, it's almost of a joke. It's like, oh, millennials aren't able to buy a house because they're spending all their money on avo toast. Avocado toast. Now, there are actually several articles that you can find online trying to link avocado toast or some other spending habit with people's inability to afford a home. These habits are often blamed for hurting an industry like the housing market. It's so common that it's actually become a meme on social media sites like Twitter. There was a user who made a passing comment about the phrase, millennials are killing dot, dot, dot. And then she made a collage and she rounded up all the things that millennials are killing. And they're like, millennials are killing napkins. Millennials are killing, you know, buffalo wings and rings or things, whatever it is. And millennials are killing homeownership. The way a lot of generations are perceived, according to Kelly, is how the older ones view the younger ones. You're going to see a lot of the older generation trying to define the younger generation. Some of the things that I read in preparation of this interview called back to some of the original descriptions of baby boomers. And the language is almost the same. They're quick with communications. You know, they're dressing in more liberal ways. And they're... And although millennials are often blamed for the killing of this or that industry, they're also giving rise to new and innovative ways of doing traditional things. By flocking to new companies like Airbnb, millennials are permanently changing the travel industry. Yeah, man, the largest hotel chain in the world, and they don't own a single piece of property. That's mind-blowing. <laughs> um, Airbnb lets people rent out a room or even a whole house to someone who's traveling. The experience can sometimes feel more authentic or local as opposed to staying in a hotel. Yeah, that's a really great thing. I mean, you get to see the local, the local perspective in a way that you can't from a hotel. You're not, not eating in the hotel restaurant anymore. You're not drinking at the hotel bar. You're, you're walking down the street and going to a pub. I mean, that's, that's a very cool thing. If you haven't used Airbnb, check out our website, gothepodcast.com. There you can find a coupon where you can get $40 off your first Airbnb stay of $75 or more. Airbnb does a brilliant job of not limiting their, their market. I mean, you can rent an RV as an Airbnb just as quickly as you can rent a boat or a treehouse or a house. Another growing trend with the way millennials are traveling are these things called work stays. People will spend money to go work on a farm in Cambodia. And that's pretty cool. Or to like farm agave in Mexico. That's a, those are, that's a pretty cool experience. Workstays are basically farms or organizations that invite people to do volunteer work. Some workstays require that you have a bachelor's degree, like seeds in Iceland. Some have less requirements. And depending on where you volunteer, they can even provide you with free food and accommodation. Organizations like Woof or WorkAway help facilitate workstays around the world. We'll have links to their site on ours at gothepodcast.com. So what is your take on the way that travel is changing and the generation that's embracing it? Let us know on our social media accounts by searching for Go The Travel Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook.
Hilton actually shared a story with me about a van trip he took several years ago. I think it was two or three years ago now. Myself and three kids that I, I went to school with, we packed up a van in Montana and drove it until it broke down, which ultimately was in Ecuador. Hilton and his friends wanted to drive it all the way to the southern tip of South America. Yeah, the goal was to get to Patagonia, but the engine block cracked on the border of Colombia and Ecuador. So we kind of smuggled the van into Ecuador because you can't import a broken vehicle. So we kind of snuck it in so it looked like it worked. Hilton told me he spent six months on his trip and he couldn't help but continue to mention the hospitality of the locals. There were so many times where people did not have to be nice to us and uh, went so far out of their way to help us out. That was what kind of blew me away about the whole trip. Do you have any like stories or examples? Oh, for sure. I mean, people giving us meals all over the place, people giving us beds when they just did not have to. Yeah, like a couple walked up to us and was like, hey, you guys need a bed? We have two guest rooms and you can cook in our kitchen and like gave us a place to stay. In Cartagena, we were stranded there. We were waiting on a new laptop screen to get shipped down there. And this woman came out and brought us coffee every morning and invited us to shower in her house every morning. After their van broke down, Hilton spent three weeks in Ecuador before heading back to the States. That stretch of the world, I was uh, genuinely blown away with. I mean, Ecuador especially. I was unprepared for how beautiful that place was. You can find more about Hilton and his work at parkerhilton.com. And make sure to check out John Kelly's site, mashedradish.com. Do you have a workstay story that you want to share? If so, we want to hear it. Send an email to alex at gothepodcast.com. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and find us on gothepodcast.com for more content. I'm Alex Walensky, and you've been listening to Go The Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening. The work environment is changing. Instead of being stuck in a cubicle, you can work virtually anywhere. Why not live, work, and play for a month in beautiful Milan, historic Florence, or Slovenia's untouched capital, Ljubljana? Local Beyond can make this happen. Their experts are here to help you prepare for life abroad. When you arrive at your destination, you're welcomed by your very own Local Beyond rep. They'll take you to your centrally located apartment, decked out with everything you need so you can transition seamlessly. If you run into any hiccups, Local Beyond can help, online and on site, so you can enjoy living as a local. Think outside the cubicle, localbeyond.com.